Good morning. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What a view. What a view the disciples had today in our gospel reading. Now, if you could choose any place in Scripture to be there at the moment that it happened, what would you choose? If you could have been anywhere to see anything that happened, maybe at the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea to see those waters get parted, maybe, maybe a creation, that would have been cool, to see what creation was like. This is one of those times that I would have liked to have been there when Jesus ascended into heaven. And then we, we find out in, in Luke, or in the second part of Luke, when he writes in Acts that, that there were angels that showed up. What a vision, what a view the disciples had. Well, you haven't been to any of those places in Scripture to have an amazing view. Maybe you've been to other places to have an amazing view. What are some of the favorite views you've ever had in life? Last summer, I had the opportunity to see some pretty cool views. Uh, during my sabbatical time away, I got to go to Hawaii and have an amazing view of this, this big valley where they had filmed part of Jurassic Park when they're flying in the helicopters and just this breathtaking view of this green valley with waterfalls and black sand beaches. Maybe it was the birth of a child, that view of the, the first time you see your child's face. What was the view? Well, today in our scripture, Jesus gives them, the disciples, a view of his ascension, but not only a physical view, but Jesus gave them a different way to look at life. He changed their view so that they might see things a little differently. And he, he comes to us today, I think, in his word, and he wants us to also have a different view of life. And the ascension can do that for us. The view here in Fishers is, is a little different than the view in Carmel. If you, if you worship in the contemporary side in Carmel, um, there are no windows. So there is no view. You can't tell if it's raining out. Well, you can hear it if it's raining outside. You can't tell if it's dark or if it's light or if there's clouds or anything. Here you have an okay view. But today in Scripture, God wants us to have a much more expanded view of life. And the first view that, that God wants to give us is an outward view. Martin Luther described sin, as I talked about in the, in the confession time, he described sin as an inward turning, of, of only looking out for ourselves. 
it's kind of the the heart of our sin is is kind of selfishness and and not seeing things other people see or or we want things that are only going to be good for me in the immediate and, and our eyes often turn in on ourselves and we we kind of saw that in the disciples before Jesus appeared to them this time he had appeared to them a couple of times and they were in an upper room and they were kind of focused inward they were holed up in an upper room with the doors locked and Jesus came and appeared to them. And they still didn't seem to quite get it until this time when Jesus appears to them and he says, you're going to go out from here. I don't want you turned in on yourselves, feeling sorry for yourselves, even though he was leaving them. He says, you're going to be my witnesses as you go out. Now, witness is is another way of, of thinking about vision and what you see. Because Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses. And witness, witnessing kind of has two different parts. And I, I love courtroom dramas, and I love watching things on Netflix about crimes and, and trying to solve crimes and things like that. And witnesses are really, really important. But there's two parts of being a witness. First, you, actually, you have to actually see something happen. So when Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses, what he's telling them is, you're going to, you're going to have a chance to see me do amazing things. And they do. They go for, I mean, they've already seen amazing things. I mean, he's, he's raised people from the dead. He's healed people. He raised from the dead himself. Now he's ascending into heaven. They've been eyewitnesses to some special things. But then what a witness does is a witness tells what they've seen. So Jesus is telling them, you're not only going to see some amazing things and you've seen some amazing things, but now you're going to go out and you're going to tell others. And so what a witness does is it, it is able to give the information to someone else. And he says, you're going to do that in Jerusalem, and then in Judea, and then in Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And as he's giving them this outward view, he actually gives them a place to visually think about. Jerusalem is their immediate location where they are. As we think about that, Jesus is calling us to be witnesses immediately where we are, in our families, to those closest to us to share the love of God that he has given to us, to be witnesses of how God works in our relationships and and to share that with each other and with our children and to raise them up in a home that also sees God working for them. And he says in in Jerusalem, that's immediate, and then in, um, in Judea, their kind of neighborhood, if you will, And God wants us to be witnesses in our neighborhood, to get to know our neighbors so that that they too might hear about how God has worked, what, what God's done for you in your life, and then you can share that with others so that they too can know that the joy and the comfort of, of having a God that cares for them, even if they're going through a tough time. So we can be witnesses in our neighborhoods. And then he says in, in Samaria and the, and the outer regions and in central Indiana and across our country, God wants us to be witnesses. And even here in Hamilton County, we have over 50% of Hamilton County that has no church connection at all. We don't have to go very far to be in the mission field. We have people that are hurting, that are lost without the love of a Savior so we can, we can be witnesses in our immediate community here and then to the ends of the earth. 
to, to not stop here, but to go beyond our borders of, as a nation. And, and as today, as we think about the soldiers, those who have, who have given of themselves in defense of freedom, they, they did it not only in defense of our freedom, but the freedom of others out in the world. We have a mission team right now coming back from Guatemala. They were just down there doing just that, taking this message of, of looking beyond themselves to the end of the earth. I, I read about um, the different classes of tickets that, uh, that used to be in the Old West when you had a stagecoach. And they had three classes of tickets. And we know what first-class tickets are on an airplane. You get, you get served drinks before you take off, and you have the cushy big seats, and you have your own TVs and whatever else. And um, first class is, is, you know, pretty special. Well, in a stagecoach, if you had a, st- a first-class ticket, you never left your seat during the, the course of, of a trip across the country. So, for instance, if the stagecoach bogged down in the mud, you got to stay in your seat, and they would have to get out the stagecoach with you sitting in your seat. Or, or if, if there was uh, trouble, if uh, the Native Americans were, were going to try to attack or if bandits were going to try to attack your stagecoach, you didn't have to do anything. You, just, you were protected. That's what a first-class ticket did. If you had a second-class ticket, the second-class ticket, you might have to get out of your seat if you got stuck in the mud, you know, to lighten the load, if you will. Um, but you didn't have to do any of the work. You didn't have to actually help push the, the stagecoach out of the muck. But if you had a third-class ticket, you, were, you had to get out of your seat. You, had to, you might even have to take up a shotgun and defend what's happening. You, you're going to be pulling and pushing the buggy, even with the first-class passengers sitting in there in the seat. You're fully engaged, fully involved. You're caring for everybody there. Unfortunately, in our lives, we tend to think that we're in a first or a second class seat. I'm going to let somebody else take care of that. It even happens at church. That's, that's not my responsibility. That's not my, I'll let somebody else take care of that. We don't look far beyond ourselves. And today Jesus is calling us to, to look outside of ourselves, to look outward, to have a vision with new eyes. Second way that Jesus is changing our vision here, and he changed it for his, changes it for the disciples is, is we're to have an upward view. As, as we uh, did the children's message in the balloon, you couldn't help but, but start looking up. I noticed when I moved to California from Texas, and Marshall's going to be moving out to California here in a couple of months to go to school. Coming from Texas, where, where I lived in Dallas, there weren't hills. And when I moved to California, I kept, like, I was, there's hills all around. Like, you can't, you're either, you got the ocean on one side, and then on the other side, there's this stream of mountains. And I just couldn't help first couple of weeks and months and probably years I was there. I would always look up to the mountains. It was just fascinating. That's the kind of vision that Jesus has for the disciples, that they're always looking up. In Psalm 121, it says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God is calling us to have a vision to know that we can always trust in him. We can go to him. Even though he ascended into heaven, he has not left us alone. He promised that he would always be with them to the very end. So when we're in the midst of trouble, in the midst of of issues in this life, he says, raise your eyes and know that I am there for you. 
He hasn't left us alone. We can count on him in all situations. We raise our eyes to the one who is always there for us. And then thirdly, he calls us not only to to have a vision that's outward, not only to have a vision that's upward, but to have a vision that's forward. How oftentimes have we kind of played the what-if game? Oh, I, what a bad decision now. I wish just, I really wish I would have done that. The disciples, they had, had been holed up and, and, and thinking, what, what, what should we have done? Why, why is Jesus gone? What, what, what is this all about? They had no vision forward. But then, after Jesus ascended into heaven, it didn't say they went back up to the upper room and said, okay, now what are we going to do? It actually said they went forward praising God and telling everybody, and being witnesses about what God had done. You see, when Jesus ascended into heaven, and then he said, I'm coming back, and those angels said, don't worry, the way that you saw him leave, he's coming back. That meant that Jesus had already gone into the future, and they already knew. They knew that something greater was waiting for them, and that Jesus was going to be with them along the way. He hadn't left them. He had actually, in the gift of the Holy Spirit that we celebrate next week, He had given them the promise that he was going to be with them all the way into the future, even until the very end of the age. It's the same for you and me. We can go forward knowing that nothing is unexpected to God. There are no surprises for God. He's already been there. He's done that. The victory is won. That was one of the reasons why apocalyptic scripture like Revelation and and the Old Testament, I'm blanking, um, Daniel, Thank you, Beth. Uh, The apocalyptic scripture, what it does is it gave a vision of the future where those that were in trouble had a vision of victory. And that's what the revelations, the story of the book of Revelation does. It gave those early Christians a picture of the future where God is victorious. And that's a message that we need to hear ourselves. Even in the midst of our struggle and the pain of this side of heaven, God is victorious. He's already gone ahead. We can look forward with that promise. One of the great blessings for me as, as a pastor is being able to spend time with people in the hospital and having vision for the future. Being able to see people that are faithful believers that are nearing the end of their life And yet they are looking forward with joy, knowing that God goes before him, that Jesus has already defeated death and that it's no longer an enemy. I'm supposed to be there witnessing to them and and sharing faith with them, and they're, they're blessing me. They're sharing their faith with me. Those who are mature in their faith know that there's nothing, not even death, that can separate them from their Savior, the one who has gone on before us. That's the kind of eyes God is calling us to have. Eyes that, that look forward. Eyes that look out of our, outside of ourselves. Eyes that allow us to look up where our help comes from. So this Memorial Day weekend, as we celebrate those who have, have gone before us, as we remember their lives, We remember the life of the one who has gone before us, even into eternity, and pray that he would give us eyes to look forward to his return. And until then, may he keep us always faithful.
In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.